Radio Influence. The future is now. Welcome to Crush Performance, everybody. Glad you can join us. I am back in business and feeling really, really good. I'll tell you more about that in a minute because on today's show, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to expand a bit on our 2022 theme of organizational and team performance. A lot of questions in the Crush Mailbag about our interview with Joan Ryan on her latest book, Intangibles, Unlocking the Science and Soul of Team Chemistry. What a great way to kick off this year's theme. We're going to expand on it a bit and talk a little bit more about motivation and what really, really makes things tick inside of an organization and the culture that makes that happen. And we're going to jump into the Crush Mailbag. Some really, really good questions from you guys. MLB Hall of Fame, David Ortiz is in. We're going to talk about that as the PEDs, Performance Enhancing Drug Conversation, continues to dim the light on professional baseball. We've got some great questions on supplements that I have to address. We're going to sort of lay out the crush approach when it comes to looking at and using supplements. And the Olympics are underway. We've got some fun facts surrounding the 2022 Winter Games in Beijing. All that and more coming right up, everybody. Let's get to it. Roll that intro. to Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text Crush at 10-12-60 with your questions, comments, or smart-ass remarks. All right, I am back in business, everybody, and feeling really, really good. It's so great to be here and in the situation I'm in. Listen, I don't know if you could tell maybe just by the sound of my voice, but I, you know, I've gone back and listened to uh, the shows from the last few weeks, maybe even months, and you can just kind of tell my voice is a little bit tired. Well, for all of you that don't know, I've been having some serious, uh, brutal back issues. My L3, L4 disc is totally annihilated and it's been going on for a couple of years. And earlier this fall, August, September of, of 2021, uh, it really took a turn for the worse. And it was unbearable pain. There were days I couldn't stand, couldn't sit, couldn't lay down. And about six months ago, if you remember, I mentioned this on the show as we were talking about injury and managing injuries and recovering from injuries. Um, I was just talking about my situation with my back and some of you guys wrote in and I, I want to thank Steve in particular because we actually got on the phone and he shared with me his experiences with his back issues and it really did help me frame up and put my situation in context. Listen, I don't know if anybody out there has ever had like a serious chronic pain. I, I never really have. I've had Achilles tendonitis before and it's it was it turned into tendinosis. It was just bilateral pain and agony, but I could handle that. I've broken bones, I've sprained ligaments, I've I've pulled muscles, uh, but I've never ever experienced neurological pain like this. I don't wish this on anybody. So to give you a quick Cole's notes of my situation, this has gone on for two years. I have to thank everybody at HealthPoint, all the great doctors and, and rehab people at HealthPoint and Advantage Sports Medicine. Um, they really helped me manage this thing over the time. But it got to the point where I had to go see the neurologist. We did everything in our power to try to save this thing without a, a major a major event like a surgery. But it was a degenerative situation. And it was quite apparent after seeing the neurosurgeon that uh, surgery was needed. So after going through all this and sitting with the neurosurgeon up here in Canada, where my home base is, um, uh, it, we discussed the process of, of getting a surgery and what that looked like. And unfortunately, with COVID and partly because of the Canadian medical system, um, I couldn't get an appointment for over a year. Now, uh, I got to try to keep this in context because uh, for me personally, just in my little world, 
there couldn't have been worse news. I mean, I could barely function day to day, leave alone thinking a year, year and a half, two years before I could actually get this addressed and taken care of. Um, it, just a helpless, helpless feeling. So I got to work and I just started talking to people about, hey, okay, if the public system in Canada can't take care of me, what are my options? It, are there private options? Do I need to travel overseas? Do I need to go down to the US? Do I need to, you know, just hold off for six months and hopefully something will happen? Well, I left no stone unturned and there was absolutely no option for me in Canada. It's a crazy broken system. We're going to talk about this a little bit more. Again, the show is not a political show. Our show is not a political show. But when it comes to injuries and injury prevention and, and return to play, uh, that's a big part of our conversations. Well, what happens if you can't get your injury taken care of? That's where I was. And I'm telling you right now, uh, what a brutal, brutal place to be. I just, I just can't imagine. And then, you know, in my uh, investigations looking into this, I, I talked to some great people and watchdog people who actually investigate this to really get an understanding of how dysfunctional our healthcare system is. Oh my goodness, there are people dying on the waiting list. To keep things in context, okay, I had a problem that was very focused and very fixable, all right? Modern medicine is incredible. I will say this, you know, my dad dealt with cancer and my parents and my, my wife's parents passed away here over the last couple of years and they were into the Canadian medical system. When you're in the system, oh my goodness, it is, there's angels on earth. I'm just telling you, angels on earth, the doctors, the nurses, and everybody that makes these medical systems happen are absolutely uh, incredible. Uh, the care that my dad got battling and dealing with his cancer uh, before he passed away, I'm telling you, it was heartwarming, everybody. But being on the outside trying to get in with a situation where I can't work, I can't play, I can't stay in shape, I couldn't shovel snow for crying out loud, um, very, very frustrating. And it's interesting because I wrote uh, the Prime Minister of Canada, got a little note back. Uh, I got, I wrote the health minister of Canada. I wrote the premier of Alberta, the health minister of Alberta, my province. I also wrote my MLA and my M MP. I'm going to share all those letters with you just to tell you the ring around. Um, hey, do you guys think, just let me throw this out there. I, I'm just so frustrated. Um, when we we're at the, at the, uh, uh, seeing the neurosurgeon, okay, we met a lady in the waiting room who had a similar situation to me. I don't think it was a little different. I don't think she had like bone on bone disc, but she was in pain. And, you know, after talking to the neurosurgeon, after my, uh, my checkup, um, he was just expressing his frustrations with the system and the fact that he can't get OR time to help people get better. And his words were, you know, what a shame that we have to send people away to get taken care of. He's, he's just very, very frustrated. And he says, well, look, if you have the means, Jeff, I would seriously look into maybe going to the U.S. or international or somewhere else to get this done because this you need to get taken care of. I know what you're going through and I'm going, OK, and I'll tell you right now, this was not in our financial plan and it is not inexpensive to leave your country and go somewhere to get a, 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 a surgery like this done. So I sat down with my wife and we just hashed it out and we just made a commitment to, to get it done. I mean, I just couldn't live like this anymore. But the point here is uh, the neurosurgeon sends to me, you know, if you have the means uh, that's what I would recommend. He says, you know what? I have to go uh, to the next wait to the next room and, and talk with a lady who's a single mom, works two jobs, has three kids, and she she doesn't have the means to go to go somewhere else to get this done. She's going to have to wait in line. And I'm telling you what, everybody, I just think about that lady. I never met her. It might have been the lady we met in the waiting room. I'm not sure, but I feel for her. 
And I feel for everybody who's on a waiting list and who whoever can't get their medical situation taken care of. So I'm just going to throw it out there. I am going to war here just to raise awareness. I, I think the system's dysfunctional and I'm going to go for it. But the good news is I put the word out. Okay, when I discovered I couldn't find an avenue for getting taken care of in the medical system here in Canada, I put the word out to my friends in professional baseball and professional hockey and football and on the on the Olympic level as well. And I'm telling you what, man, I was just so humbled with the feedback and support and guidance that I got from all of these people. I'm just, oh my gosh, truly humbled. There are such great people out there. But I really want to thank the guys at the Atlanta Braves, in particular, George Poulos, who's the head athletic trainer and director of player health there. Uh, you know, when I reached out to those guys and told them what I was going through and that I was digging for answers, uh, George called me up in the, one evening and I kind of told him what was going on. He said, hold, hold on, hold on. He put me on hold and he brought the team neurosurgeon on <laughs> Dr. Stephen Ray. And listen, they helped me just map it out A to Z, getting down there, getting the surgery. It was it was fantastic. So I have to thank George and Dr. Ray at Piedmont Hospital. Um, it was an incredible experience that I really kind of do want to share with you guys. I know there's people out there who are in the same situation, and I really do feel for you. Um, but there there are good people out there. And and uh, I can tell you right now, as I sit recording this, the pain that I was experiencing for almost two years prior to this, it's gone. I still have a little post-surgery pain, but it's gone. And, you know, in, in that sort of window of helplessness, where you just have, there's no answers and there's no way to go. Um, you know, you kind of get some dark thoughts, right? About what you're going to do. You can't work. I can't play. I can't stay in shape. I can't, you know, I can't even go visit people. It's just too painful. And Dr. Ray said something to me on the phone that really put it in context. And I have to thank him for this. He says, Jeff, listen, man, you've got a problem. We know what it is. And here's what we also know. We can fix it. He goes, listen, man, you're not sick. Um, you're just, you have a problem that we can fix. Keep that in mind. And that was really powerful words because um, my mother-in-law, Debbie's mom, passed away from kidney issues and cancer. My my dad passed away from cancer. And, you know, so we've been in that world where people are chronically sick. And my goodness, I I just, you know, I feel for everybody out there who's gone through it. And we're, we're kind of a, a brotherhood and sisterhood, kind of a family now. You know, everybody's gone through it and everybody probably will go through it. So just remember, there's people you can talk to about that kind of stuff. And there's good people out there. But uh, man, just listen, everybody. I can, can't can tell you, again, this, this wasn't in our financial plan. We had to shake and shimmy and do some special things here to make this happen, but it was worth every single penny. It's unfortunate that uh, the neurosurgeon here, who was also great, you know, couldn't just book a time, three months, four months. Just having a time frame and a plan was just so peaceful. So put my mind at ease, it gave me purpose moving forward. And that goes back to all the conversations we have when we talk about our athletes and a plan, whether they're rehabbing from injury or trying to get back on track or, or trying to go for the next world record or the next contract, having that plan and purpose is just so important. And I just lived it. And I wanted to share that with you guys. Cause I know uh, the last couple of shows, my voice has been tired and I really haven't been vocal about what's been going on, but I was in so much pain. It couldn't sleep and I couldn't exercise, and it was just terrible, but I'm back in business, baby, and I want to thank everybody who helped me out, and listen, if you guys are having issues, I am an open book here. I, I just, I feel for you, so um, um, just like all the people, when I talked about my back issues six months ago on the radio show, everybody who wrote in, and for Steve, who actually got on the phone with me, um, I, I thank you guys. I really do, and I'm here for you guys as well, so, so let me know. 
let me know. And we've got some great people around us. These people who come on the show, you're uh, if you're dealing with an injury or you're, you know, trying to get to that next level of performance, that's what we're all about. So, so here we are. All right. And I'm excited to share that with you guys. And, and here we are. So let's move forward today. Listen, we're going to talk a little bit about organizational and team performance. It's our 2022 theme. We're just coming off a fantastic conversation with Joan Ryan and her latest book, Intangibles, Unlocking the Science and Soul of Team Chemistry. It was a blockbuster crush conversation without question. Uh, You guys can go back and listen to that at crushperformance.com. If you didn't hear that conversation, I couldn't think of a better way to open up our 2022 theme of organizational and team performance because, oh man, that was a deep dive, but it really, really set the tone. And today I want to dig down a little bit about that. Uh, We had some questions and some really great comments about the show. But I want to get to the core concept and I want to talk a bit about motivation here because I think sometimes we misunderstand what truly motivates people. So we're going to talk about that coming up and then we're going to get into the crush mailbag. You guys, some really great questions here over the last couple of weeks. You know, I've been following that mailbag closely and writing everybody uh, when we were down getting my back surgery and recovering. Some really good questions about supplements and I'm talking a whole bunch of them. So we're going to dive into and I'm going to lay out our approach to using supplements with our athletes and even just for general general life. There are some parameters that we follow closely. I'll share them with you. Maybe that'll help out. Also, the MLB Hall of Fame ceremony went down and David Ortiz got in. You guys know me so well. So many questions asking what I thought of Ortiz getting in and guys like Barry Bonds, Clemens, Sammy Sosa, you know, falling off the ballot. You know, baseball still has that shadow of performance enhancing, enhancing drugs, you know, just dimming the spotlight on the sport. And this was a classic example, you know, of players who cheated that aren't getting in. And as you know, I am a staunch anti-doper man. I've worked with guys who used, but I've also worked with guys who did it right and wouldn't use. And I've seen guys lose their jobs, lose their careers uh, to guys that did go to the dark side. And I, I don't like it at all. And there's no way that in my mind that anybody who tested positive should ever be recognized in the Hall of Fame. That's my opinion. Let me know what you guys think. We're going to talk about that. And of course, the Olympics are underway. I love the Olympics. You guys know we're huge fans of the Olympics. These ones seem a little lackluster. Not a lot of buildup to these ones. They're on the other side of the world. Uh, The timing's a little bit off for viewing them, but you can get it in the evenings here in the Americas. But there is nothing like the best athletes in the world going head to head i love it we're going to talk about some fun facts revolving around the 2022 winter olympics in beijing coming up after this as well so you guys thanks for joining us today i'm so glad to be back uh relatively pain-free and let's attack 2022 together here we'll be right back talking about our 2022 team of organizational and team performance and we're going to focus a little bit on motivation what we know about it what science tells us and what we're not doing right after this on crush performance stick around This week's episode of Crush Performance is brought to you in part by Inside Tracker. When you do what you love, like running, like racing, like enjoying the great outdoors, you want to do it for life, and Inside Tracker can help. Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. I've been lucky enough to spend over 30 years working in the world of high performance sport, and if there's one thing I've learned, it's that no two athletes are the same. So when we're building our performance programs, we attack the individual and we always work from the inside out because change, it's an inside job. 
Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. And using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside of you. And then it offers you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. But it's confusing out there. There is a barrage of bias, misleading, and personal information that creates doubt and confusion. And that's exactly where Inside Tracker comes in. It's the only human performance system that integrates real-time physiomarker data from your fitness tracker with your existing blood and DNA biomarker data. We don't merely show you the normal biomarker zones, we show you the optimal biomarker zones and numbers that are best for your body. In sport, time is of the essence and there's not a second to lose. It's another reason we love Inside Tracker. Track your progress and make meaningful adjustments based on real-time feedback from your body. Listen, as your body improves, your biomarkers change too. Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way for better performance and better health. And I really want this for you, your family, and your athletes. So here's what we've got. For a limited time, you can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash crush. That's insidetracker.com backslash crush with a K and get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Discover your body's potential with Inside Tracker because what's inside is what counts. You're listening to Crush Performance with Jeff Crushell. Get the Crush podcast, newsletter, and performance links at crushperformance.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. Listen, if you have questions, comments, smart remarks, or you have something you want to share with us, let us know. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crush Performance is the email. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Crush. And here's what I'm going to do. You know, I've been talking about my back, my back injuries. Hey, uh, as soon as we're done recording the show here and posting it, uh, I'm going to post before and after pictures of my back, the MRI images of my back, so you guys can get an idea of what I'm talking about. Uh, man, modern medicine is incredible. And uh, I'm now kind of like a cyborg Terminator Wolverine type of a dude, you know, <laughs> at least that's the way <laughs> that's the way I'm looking at it. But I'm going to post those pictures on our on our social media just so you guys can have a look. I know you, some of you guys have sent pictures uh, of your injuries in. So I'm going to reciprocate here and let you know what, what I was dealing with and how incredible modern medicine is. I am telling you, man, this is unbelievable. The hardware that was put in to fix my back. Are you kidding me? It's unbelievable. So uh, on Twitter, at Jeff Crush, and on Instagram, Facebook, and all of the social media, you can search out Crush Performance and find us there. All right. Well, a mixed bag of tricks today. Um, I did want to share, of course, in that first segment, sort of what I've been going through with my back. And uh, I want to thank you guys for all the support in, in writing in. But but I also did want to apologize. I, I know listening back to some of the shows, I sounded tired and my voice was crackly. I think I'm going to bounce back here for you guys for sure. Um, but um for the most part, I just wanted to share my experience. And I know there's other people out there dealing with this sort of thing. But if you've ever been an athlete competing and you've come up with an injury, um, man, it is a tough, it's a tough go. I mean, make no mistake. And I've been there, you know, at some of the uh, talent ID camps where they're doing testing in the 60 yard sprints, for example, where a young talent might injure a hamstring and really, really, you know, um, um, get taken out of that opportunity to, to be seen by collegiate recruiters and major league scouts. It's a big deal. It's an absolute big deal. But listen, what we tell our athletes, okay, when there's an injury, even if it's a major one, is we, we really get them calmed down, you know, after we're done assessing the injury and we kind of know what's going on. 
um, when, when everything's sort of under control and we have an idea of what's happened and what we need to do to get better, we just have a simple conversation with our athletes. And this is what we tell them. Hey, listen, it is absolutely human nature to feel upset, to feel mad, to feel sad, angry, whatever. Okay. Just go through it. You have to go through those processes, but in your mind, okay, you have to understand we got to get to work. We got to heal. We got to get you back on track. We got to get you into rehab and then return to play. So we tell our athletes, you get 90 seconds. You get 90 seconds to just focus on that heartache and the sadness and frustration and all that stuff. After 90 seconds, it's time to start talking about what we're going to do to get back at it and to come back better than ever. So if you're going through an injury, whether it's a, a long drawn out affair or whether it's something that's sort of acute and, you know, a, a pulled muscle or, or a sprain, just, just sort of keep that approach in mind. Get some good people. And if you're not sure what to do, people, listen, write to us. If I don't have the answer, I'm telling you, we've got good people around us that will have that answer. I promise you that. Okay. And I, I remember one time I was at a, at a, a baseball camp and there was this great young talent that was sort of on track to be a, a, a division one college player. And there were recruiter, recruiters there to see him. And he was having some shoulder issues. The, the kid was also a hockey player. And through his hockey um, uh, career, uh, he was 16, turning 17 at the time. Through his hockey career, the family had dealt with some knee injuries in the past. So they were quite comfortable, you know, dealing with that sort of thing. But uh, for the first time, this young athlete had had some shoulder issues. And I remember the mom pulling me aside and she kind of broke into tears. They, they just didn't know what to do with a shoulder. She goes, look, we, we kind of know. I said, well, listen, it's, it's very similar. The process is very similar. You know, you got to assess and understand what is actually going on. So you can sort of figure out a treatment uh, um, uh, strategy. And then once that treatment is happening, we got to look how the body's responding. And then you look at why that injury happened in the first place. If there's biomechanical or postural alignment or issues that you have to address to make sure it doesn't happen again. And then once the, once the treatment and the, the pain and the injuries under control and in healing, then you have to map out your return to play program. It's similar for every injury, but isn't it interesting that a family that's dealt with knee injuries, lower body injuries for the first time, was really taken back by dealing with it. And I get it with a shoulder injury, upper body injury. And I get it, right? It can be pretty scary, but you have to reach out to people and there are good people out there, you know? And I, I'm just really proud in this show to have great partners like Advantage Sport Medicine and Physiotherapy and HealthPoint, Pain, Spine and Sport Medicine and all the experts inside of those organizations, uh, go-to people. And of course, all the people that I've been lucky to meet and cross paths with in professional and amateur sport along the way, from the university level right up to the professional sports, they're also willing to share information. So again, uh, you guys are not alone. Okay, Don't ever think for a second you're alone. If you're a parent, coach, or somebody who's just having some issues uh, with an injury, hey, reach out. You know, if we can't help, at least maybe we can give you some guidance. Okay, so so that's part of that's part of the beauty of uh, the sporting community for sure. All right. And you know, that's a big part of organizational and team performance too. dealing with adversity and overcoming it and coming out on the other side, even better. Last week, listen, we just had an incredible show with Joan Ryan uh, in her latest book, intangibles, unlocking the science and soul of team chemistry. And so many great things come out of that conversation. Honest to goodness, there probably, I, there's not a better way to kick off our 2022 theme than that conversation with Joan Ryan. It was just absolutely jam-packed with such great information. And of course, that took her 10 years 
to write and uh, just some great references in there, but some fascinating things. And one of the one of the things that always comes up when you talk about team and organizational performance is this word uh, culture. So that's something we're going to focus on over the course of this year as well. Um, uh, culture is is a real interesting one because it's kind of like talent. I don't know if there's ever been one single definition that dis- describes culture. Maybe it maybe the definition of culture changes depending on what level of sports you're in, what sports you're in, who you're dealing with. But the idea of culture is incredibly important because I think it reflects the concept of environment, right? Which is one of the critical, critical platforms for enhancing human performance. And it always takes me back to a quote that I saw in the Harvard Business Review. And this is something that that has just stuck with me. I actually have it posted on my corkboard in my office. Uh, and they're just talking about, you know, successful companies and why some companies uh, really do outperform. And this idea of culture was sort of the focus of that article. And in in their research, they came up with sort of this tagline, culture trumps strategy every single time. And what they're saying is they looked at companies that were, you know, just incredibly smart with their strategic plans and their finances and their technology and their human resource management. But if they didn't have the culture to make all that stuff move along in rhythm, it didn't matter how much strategy or how much time or how many experts were involved. The people just couldn't perform. And that's truly what this year's theme is all about. Look, last year we talked about talent and talent ID. I think we really, really opened the book on that one. And we certainly didn't close it, but we opened it. And we have a really good base now for everybody who follows the show. You guys are are getting into the expert level when it comes to talent and talent ID. And I'm pretty proud that we're working together to get that done. But also in the brain game, right? The brain game is so important to human nature and human performance that you can't ignore it. And it all ties into this idea of organizational and team performance. Well, I'll just share a little story with you guys. Back when I was with the Blue Jays, we finished a game at home and I can't remember who we were playing, but uh, it was a it was a getaway day. So, you know, a couple hours after the game, you're on the bus, on a plane, you're flying somewhere. And so I just stopped by the manager's office. It was Carlos Tosca at that time. And um, I went in there just to give him a report on some of the rehab guys and the guys that, that we were hoping and thinking would be ready to play in this upcoming road trip. And uh, I walked into his office and he said, Hey, Crusher, how you doing? What, what's happening? You ready to go here? And we just came off a win. So everybody was, was feeling pretty good. And there was a book on his desk and it was a bright red book. I said, Hey, Hey, Carlos, what's that book? And you know, you could see the, you could see the spine of it, it said good to great. I'm going, what's that book? He said, Crusher here, take that book, re- read that book. You're going to love it. He says, it's about business. They don't talk about sports in that book in the book. He said, but you're going to love it. So I actually did take it. And we were going to a West coast swing. We were going to Seattle and down to Anaheim, Texas, and then back to Toronto. By the time we landed in Texas, I had finished this book, which was absolutely incredible. Now this is the early two thousands and it's by Jim Collins. You know why some companies make the leap and others don't. It's actually a very intriguing book. What they did is they went around the world and they scoured uh, all the data and literature on companies that were operating over a certain period of time. And they found uh, like 11 companies that were incredibly successful for a duration of 20, 20 plus years uh, in the marketplace. And what they tried to do is get an understanding of why those companies succeeded in their particular area of business and others didn't. So when they identified these successful companies, uh, they also look for comparison companies. If they go back to a timeline where the companies started 
Uh, they looked at companies that were sort of in the same area of business that had uh, very similar resources in terms of finances, technology, personnel. So these companies all had the same opportunities in front of them. But for some reason, 11 companies, you know, from all different areas of business, steel companies to to pharmacies to um, box box um, supermarket stores like Walmart, right? Uh, some of these companies succeeded and others didn't. So what Jim Collins and his team did is they went back and talked to the management CEOs and owners of these companies and tried to decide, okay, hey, listen, why, what, what did you do? What did you do to be successful? And, and for the, te- for the uh, um, organizations and businesses that weren't successful, what did you do and why were you not successful? And they took all the data and they broke it down. And they came up with some very interesting findings. If I were to ask you, if you looked at some of the top companies in the world, top teams who are successful right now in sport, what did they do that others don't? Is it spending money? Well, what if I told you in these, um, in these companies that were analyzed in good to great, they all had very similar resources in terms of spending. So that wasn't an issue. Maybe how they spent that money, that might've been an issue. I don't, you know what I mean? Uh, but they also had same access to technology, same access to personnel and people and hiring. They had the same marketplace advantage. Um, why do you think businesses that are really striving today are successful and others aren't? Others in the same area. So if you look at like the streaming business right now, you've got the big boys. You've got Prime and Disney and Netflix really just taking over. On the downloading music side, you've got Apple. You've got Spotify. It's just taking off. Spotify's under the gun right now. We'll see how they respond. Um, but but there's all these companies that are really succeeding and others that are kind of struggling along, right? That aren't quite there. Well, it's interesting in the book, Good to Great, they narrowed it down. And in one part of the book, um, they asked the CEOs, you know, what were sort of the starting points? What were the things you were trying to accomplish that really set you up for success? And they had this, this idea called the hedgehog concept, right? And it turns out it's kind of like this, this three circle combo, kind of like the Olympic rings that come together. And I was so, so enamored with this, that, that it's actually the crush logo. I actually called Jim Collins. I was so enamored with this. I called Jim Collins and asked him if it would be okay to use those three rings with that spot in the middle. That was called the core concept, your pure, pure goal and objective in the middle. Um, if I could use that as, as a logo, he said, absolutely. Let us know how it goes. And hey, you guys can go on our website. You guys know the crush logo. That's it. They had these three areas that were absolutely critical for the companies that were successful. And one of them was, okay, do you really truly understand that you can be and what you have to do in order to be number one in the world? That was the first sort of parameter that was laid out. And if that was a check mark, you were on your way. The second thing was, uh, do you have the passion? You have the passion and the drive to deal with the hardships, the setbacks and the tenacity to, to work through it all, the passion to actually get it done. If you had that, boom, you got a check mark on the third circle, on the second circle. And then on the third one, on the third area that was critical to driving your core performance, that, that heart right in the middle where those three circles collide and come together uh, was a very interesting one for me because it's something that I think a lot of athletes neglect. And that is the financial plan. Finances run everything, everybody. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that athletes make uh, and parents make when they're starting out on their athletic careers, um, especially when they're starting to tap into the higher levels of collegiate and professional sport, 
is the financial side. You have to have a successful financial model. Those were the three parameters that were sort of indicators of, of those companies that were successful. And inside the middle where those three sort of collide, if you go look at the Crush logo, is the core concept, what that company is truly all about. And that's a whole other chapter is really defining and understanding what you're all about. But if you understand what it takes and that you have the ability to be and compete with to be number one in the world, check mark. If you have the passion and drive to get it done and do what needs to be done, work through the hardships and just survive uh, all the, the, the things that are going to come up in front of you to get it done, boom, you get a second check mark. And if you have a financial model that's going to help support your efforts, boom, that's the third one. You can really drive your core concept. So those are the three things. But there was one underlying theme that was, was blatantly apparent in all the successful organizations that really wasn't stressed or talked about with the organizations that didn't succeed. What do you think? One thing that really stood out in the successful organizations that all the CEOs and managers and executive level people, there's something they all talked about as being their top priority. All right, well, let's get to it after this. I'm gonna tell you what it is. Think about it, we'll get to it right after this and then we'll get to the Crush Mailbag. Stick around, everybody. Find out what it takes to be a top performer. Get the Crush Newsletter, podcast and performance info at crushperformance.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. Hey, if you want to reach out to us, if you have something you want us to investigate, or if you need some help, reach out. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crush Performance is the email. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Crush and on all other social media platforms. Search out Crush Performance. Hey, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to post my pre and post operation back MRI so you guys can see the technology, uh, how bad my back was before and the incredible technology and hardware that's now in my back. Absolutely incredible. And hey, if you want, share your images. If you have had a, a surgery or if you're overcoming an injury, hey, I love this stuff. You know, the more we can learn and understand and think about this stuff, just the better we get. You know, I used to sit in on as many surgeries as possible for our players just so I can get a better understanding of what they go through in the surgeries. It really helped me understand the pathology of some of these injuries, how they happen and what actually goes on inside the body uh, when it all goes down. But it also gave me some insight as to how to rehab and prevent these injuries from happening again. So if you guys want to share some images or your stories, please reach out for sure. All right. Listen, we just got off a conversation about um, talent, talent ID, organizational performance. And I was telling you about uh, the great book, Good to Great by Jim Collins. And we talked about, you know, the three sort of areas that the successful companies had sort of put check marks on, you know, the idea that they understood what it takes and that they could be number one in the world if they did things right. Number two, they had to really understand they had the passion and drive to do what it takes to, to get through all the ups and downs of being successful in anything, right? I mean, but those companies check mark there. And then the third big area that the successful companies checked off was the financial model. They really, really keyed in and managed their financial resources well, and that's critical. But there was one thing that was just blatantly um, obvious in the successful company, something that was mentioned time and time again that didn't really show up in the comparison companies that weren't successful. What do you think it was? What do you think it was? I hope everybody kind of has a guess. I'm going to tell you right now, it was people, 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 people. Every executive, and every company in the successful area of the study put a major focus on getting the right people in the right place in their companies. And if the wrong person got in, they were quickly let go to go do whatever they should be doing. Because sometimes people get trapped into jobs they shouldn't be in. 
right? And it's not their fault. It's not the company's fault. It's just not a good match. And that's what these companies did. They just put a massive, massive focus on getting the right people. Now, think about the successful sporting organizations around. What do they have? They've got great people playing for them, talented people. It doesn't necessarily mean, we have to be careful with this word character, right? It doesn't necessarily mean they have to be like, you know, the best people. You know, we've seen sporting organizations um, um, have incredible success with tyrants. You know, go back to that conversation last last week with Joan Ryan and her book Intangibles. One of the most fascinating things in that entire book is her one-on-one interview with Barry Bonds. If that doesn't change your perspective of Barry Bonds and if it doesn't change your, change your perspective on what talent and what character is all about, then, then you need to go back and read it again because it certainly changed for me. Now, I didn't know Barry Bonds that well. I mean, we played against him and he was in the clubhouse and I said hi to him a few times, but I never got to know him, but you got to know his reputation, right? He wasn't, a, you know, in the media outside of that, that clubhouse, you know, he wasn't a good teammate. He wasn't great with the media. You know, he was sort of self-centered, egotistical, all these things that you would hear about him. That conversation with Joan was just so enlightening. Yeah, he was all that stuff and he blatantly admits it for sure. But all he was focused on for himself and his team and his teammates was being the very best Barry Bonds every single day he stepped on the field. Whether you liked it or not, he didn't really care. He just wanted to be his very best every single day, right? And then, of course, oh gosh, the PEDs and everything. Come on, we'll talk about that in a minute. But but that's kind of an example of getting the right people on board, right? You know, the leadership and the environment and all that stuff comes into play. But motivation is another factor that really, really um, plays a role in organizational success. If you're going to be successful, you kind of have to understand what really drives people to prosper, right? And it might be a little bit different for everybody, but typically the way we go about encouraging or motivating people is to reward them for their actions, right? pay them more or give them a title or whatever it might be. But when you look at the science of motivation and human performance, that's not really what truly motivates people. Here's what we know based on the science, right? We know that things like autonomy, uh, being self-directed and having, having the ability to sort of, you know, direct what you're doing or what a person's doing is really, really important. It is even more powerful than rewards. Another one is mastery. Allowing a person inside of their job or inside of your organization to work up the ladder and become better at something. That's really, really important. Are you setting your employees, your athletes, your, your, your students, are you setting them up to get better? And if you're not the stagnant, you know, sort of stranglehold of being in one place for too long can really crush that area of motivation. And another area that's really important in terms of motivation and why people are encouraged or excited about doing things is just simple purpose. You know, doing something that's bigger than, than you are contributing to a, a cause or something that's going to uh, make the world a better place. Those three things, autonomy, mastery, and purpose are the most powerful motivators when it comes to human performance, team and organizational performance as well. You know, there's a lot of cool research out there uh, that looks at how you can motivate people or the type of environments and cultures that motivate people to really succeed. You know, one that's really interesting uh, was a study done um, uh, looking at fundraising. And they found that fundraisers that actually met the people or talked to the people that received the awards from the fundraising really drove fundraising to new levels. 
So that interaction with the people who are receiving the benefits of all the fundraising really drove fundraising efforts to new levels. Another one was done by Harvard looking at chefs. And what they found was that in restaurants where chefs could see the customers, they took more care and delivered better food. They actually cared about more about what they were doing when they could see the customer, right? So, you know, painting that picture and creating that environment where you sort of address those things like autonomy, mastery, and purpose are really important. And you can apply that at every level. And we're talking youth sports right up to professional sports. And maybe one final thing here uh, when it comes to, you know, organizational and team performance and motivation is how we talk to our our athletes, our children, our students, our employees. You know, we spend a lot of time, we're really focused on the how. Hey, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. And what research has shown us time and time again is you spend a little time to talk about why you're doing it and cut back on the how, you get way more successful outcomes. Think about that. If you're a coach or a teacher and you're just saying, hey, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. And the monotone message is just delivered. You're not going to get great results. But if you actually engage your subjects, your athletes, students, your kids, and talk to them about, hey, why you're doing it? Hey, it's human nature. You're just going to get a better outcome. People respond better when they really understand why they're doing something and where it might go. So just some interesting things that we'll be covering here uh, over 2022 as we look at organizational and team performance. I love this stuff. And I know you guys do as well, based on all the messages and, and uh, emails that we get. And also when you look at our growing audience, you know, we've been on the air on terrestrial radio for 16 plus years, a little less on the podcast, but we're constantly seeing a growth in numbers. And, and that has a lot to do with you guys, you know, sharing the show and, and talking with your colleagues uh, who might be interested in this stuff. And, and remember, you guys do drive the show. Your emails and messages really, really do drive our content. Uh, for example, looking at the crush mailbag here, you know, an email that came in a few weeks ago uh, when up in Canada, uh, one of the top soccer stars, Alfonso Davies, had to step out of the international uh, competitions because of uh, myocarditis that he developed. Um, people want to know more about that. There's been a lot of talk about the association of myocarditis and, and COVID and the vaccines, but there's a deeper, deeper story here. So um, thank you for that email. Number one, it's an important conversation to have, and we will be having some of the best people in the world in an upcoming show talking about exactly that. And we're also going to talk about in that episode, heart health, and we'll talk about injury screening and prevention and return to play as well. It just opens a whole Pandora's box when we start diving into these really cool topics. So thank you for that email. And speaking of the crush mailbag, let's get to it. I said we we're going to talk about some of these uh, great messages we had come in. Um, Carl wrote in talking about asking about um, supplements. We've had about 10 or 12 really in-depth questions talking about supplements, which ones to use, when to use them, how do you use them? Well, here's our take on supplements with our athletes and, and our organizations. Um, a supplement is exactly what the name stands for, supplement. It has to supplement a well-rounded, incredibly uh, wholesome diet, all right? So priority number one when it comes to nutrition is making sure that you're just eating as well as you can in the environment you're in. Now, for some of the pro sports and collegiate sports where food is expensive and hard to come by, listen, cooking food and taking care of your diet is a big, big job, especially when you get up with some of our, our top athletes who are eating, you know, six, seven, eight thousand plus calories per day 
Um, it's a full-time job. And for the guys who have the resources and the girls, ladies that have the resources, um, we get private chefs baking and cooking up meals for them. They, they throw in the freezer and they can bring out and then throw a salad together. Um, but you really do need to plan out your nutrition. Supplements are really, truly only effective when they back up a well-rounded, well-orchestrated diet for whatever it is you're doing, right? You need to have that nutrition plan. And then you put in supplements to help support that. And that's exactly how we go about it. We look at the athlete and we look at their weekly schedule. We look at their meal planning, which is very, very detailed, by the way, along with their hydration and everything. And then we figure out, okay, hey, look, man, can't get enough protein here, or you're going to be traveling, you're not going to eat well this particular day, so we're going to have to supplement here. Or maybe there is a genetic polymorphism, a genetic trait that maybe doesn't allow you to absorb or utilize certain nutrients in your diet. It's called a polymorphism when we look at the DNA chains of our athletes and you can actually literally see them, right? So maybe an athlete doesn't absorb calcium well or maybe a certain amino acid. We'll supplement their diet to overcome that or we'll, we'll monitor their diet that way. So, so there's definitely strategies there. But listen, if you're going to use a supplement, make sure it serves a purpose. Never substitute whole food uh, for a supplement, it's just not as effective. It can't be. Your supplement program should be exactly that, to supplement the diet you have and also to get you ready for performance. Pre-game meals, pre-game nutrition, supplements can come in handy there and there are some good ones out there. Two rules that we have. Number one, you know, you got to have that NSF certification. NSF for sport, that banned substance certification is an absolute must in all of our programs. And then any supplement that we use has to work in with the overlying strategy of our diet program and nutrition program, right? And our programs are based on calories, but not all calories are the same, everybody, right? If you took, um, let's say, 100 calories of blueberries and 100 calories of barbecue potato chips, okay, you've got, you've got 100 calories of each, but when you put those in your body, where they go and what they do are 100% totally different. The outcomes are totally different. So what kind of supplement you're using and when you're using it is absolutely critical as the food you're putting in the body. And calories is not an effective measure of uh, putting together your nutrition program, okay? We can base it on the number of calories, but where those calories come from are critically important. And all of our nutrition programs revolve around protein consumption because there's this thing called protein thresholding. Your body can only assimilate and utilize so much protein in one, one feeding. 25 to 30 grams, that's it. That's like um, if you take a steak or a pork chop or a chicken breast, that's about 32 grams. A can of tuna is somewhere around, I think, 12, 13, 14, 15 grams. A large egg is nine grams of protein to give you an idea. So all of our consumption over the course of the day revolves around protein consumption because of that threshold. Anything more than 30 grams of protein can actually really reduce human performance and, and how you utilize the nutrition you eat. So we build our programs around protein and that will dictate uh, when the calories are eaten and how many times our athletes eat a day. Some of our athletes actually consume food seven, eight times a day because they need so much calories coming in over the course of a 24-hour period. And that's the last secret of our programs is we always operate within a 24-hour period. Were we successful in the previous 24 hours? Yes or no, we adapt in the current 24 hours and we look to the next 24 hours. We always operate there for sure. So there's a little tutorial on nutrition. That is a great question. And coming up in the Crush Warren Sugar, we're going to talk more about this uh, and, and strategic 
uh, performance eating as well. So that's a great question that everybody's come in. Uh, quickly, before we run out of time here, um, a bunch of questions here as the MLB Hall of Fame induction ceremony went down. Okay, David Ortiz is the only guy that got in this year. And it's it's a tough one um, because the talk around the performance-enhancing drugs is still lingering in Major League Baseball. Guys like Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, a number of great, great players who contributed to the game who also tested positive. Alex Rodriguez is another one, tested positive during his career. And if you guys have listened to the show and you know me, I am a staunch supporter of anti-doping. Okay, staunch. And I really do believe that there is absolutely no way a player who is tested positive for a banned substance should ever be recognized in a Hall of Fame. And there's a bunch of reporters and there are uh, there's a faction out there that does believe that these players are so important to the game that they cannot not get in. If you look at the Hall of Fame as sort of a museum of the history of the game, I would say maybe only under the circumstance that it is clearly identified they tested positive during their careers and that their performance and their contribution to the game is totally suspect. That might be a way to do it. And it might even be a great deterrent as well. But there's no way that uh, an athlete who tested positive during his career should be recognized in the Hall of Fame, in my humble opinion. Now, if you go back to 2003, if you remember, David Ortiz did test positive. That was when Major League Baseball was coming off all the congressional hearings and the big scandal of PEDs all over the place. And they were trying to clean it up. So they started this testing program during spring training. And it was just a, it was a trial run. They're trying to figure out how it might work and what it means to the players. And all of the results of those tests were supposed to be 100% secret. It was never supposed to get out. Somehow, David Ortiz positive test leaked out and he still denies it to this day. So we're not sure whether we can count that as a positive test or not. Uh, but there is some conversation that David Ortiz isn't even worthy of the Hall of Fame here. So it's a conversation uh, for discussion. But again, uh, I am a staunch supporter of the anti-doping movement and clean sport. And and so, you know, when you look at players like Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Sammy Sosa falling off the Hall of Fame ballot, say la vie, man. Hey, they played, they cheated, they made their money, and that's the price you pay, I guess. All right. So there you go, Ortiz Hall of Fame. That's my opinion. Hey, let me know what you think. If you disagree or agree, uh, I'd like to hear, hear your opinions. And of course, the Winter Olympics are underway, and you know we love the Olympics. Just some quick facts before we uh, cut out here on the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics. There's 15 sports, 109 medal events. There's 91 countries, and 3,000 athletes will be competing in Beijing here. And an interesting note, Beijing is the first city to host both the Winter and Summer Olympics. And there are seven new events, but the one I'm really, really interested in is the men's and women's Big Air Freestyle event. These people fly, man. It is absolutely awesome. So I'm glad that that is an Olympic event here. So uh, get out there and enjoy the Olympics. They are underway, everybody. All right, we are well out of time here. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. we got some great episodes coming up here on Crush Performance. I'm glad to be back with my new back, and I'm glad you're joining us for the ride. We'll talk to you next time on Crush Performance. I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. 
We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist, so thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. 